0: You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. But as we get into the scripture this morning, I want to ask if you have ever been kicked off of the team, kicked out of the club, kicked out of the house, or if you've been kicked out of school. Now, you don't have to share those in the comments, <laughs> unless it's a really good story, and then I'd love to hear it. Um, but I want you to think about those kind of things. If you've ever had an experience, whether it was something pretty big like being kicked out of school or Out of the house or something like that, or if you've just been kind of kicked out or or pushed out of a group or a club, I think you'll be able to relate with how Peter is feeling in the Bible story for today. You see, Peter is a disciple of Jesus, a friend of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, and he's been with him since the beginning. He was one of the first ones that Jesus called when he began his ministry. But, of course, we have learned in the story, and we'll learn in the Scripture in just a minute, that that Peter has denied Jesus, and so he feels like he's on the outs with Jesus, Uh, and like he's out of the club, and like he's set aside, and like he's cast aside. Now, like the other disciples of Jesus, when, when, when Jesus was arrested, Peter went along with him, but then he kind of held back, and he began to deny that he knew Jesus, that he was with him, that he was a follower of him, that he was a believer. And... This is the same disciple who earlier in the gospel said, no matter what, even if I must die alongside you, I won't deny you. That's Peter who said that. And yet, he did just that. So as we look at the story for today of Jesus coming closer to Peter, I wonder what Peter might have expected in that encounter when Jesus comes closer after he denied him. You know, in the sermon series, we're talking about what happens when Jesus comes closer. And we're looking at the stories that happened after Easter, when Jesus hung around for another 40 days before ascending back to heaven. Now, you and I and Peter might expect something if we have been kicked out or cast aside or if we denied someone or something, that if we try to come back, we're probably not going to be welcome. And my hunch is that's how Peter felt. And so... Jesus, in the story before this, Jesus has um, come alongside the seashore of Galilee, and Peter and the other disciples had gone out fishing one morning, because quite honestly, they didn't know what else to do. We talked about that story a few weeks ago. They're out fishing, and they hear someone call to the shore to try casting the net on the other side of the boat. They do, and instead of what happened all night long, which is that they caught nothing, now they haul in a gigantic load of fish, 153 of them to be exact. Peter recognizes Jesus, and he runs back to the shore to find that Jesus is there with a fire and a brunch, a fish over a fire. And so I want to talk about that experience, and that's what happens in our story, is this experience of Peter and Jesus around this fire on the shore. I'd like to ask you at home, if you would think about this question here. Why do you think Jesus pressed Peter three different times with the question, Do you love me? Now, you might have already caught some hints of this, but do you think that he did it because he wanted to try and get Peter's attention? Do you think he was trying to shame Peter for denying him three times? I'll give you a hint. Jesus never shames, so you can cross B off. Do you think he wanted to make Peter face his failure? Do you think he was trying to show Peter that he had forgiven him? Or do you think that he wanted to be sure That Peter accepted his love. I want us to, with this question, find a way to stand in the shoes of Peter and to think about how that must have sounded and felt. Maybe one of those stood out for you, maybe a couple of those did. Uh, At the same time, I'd like to ask you this question too to think about. If you had been in Peter's place, if you had been in Peter's place, how would you have felt by the end? Of this third question. (laughs) Would you have been angry? Would you have felt hurt? Maybe guilty or humiliated? Maybe you would have felt healed. Maybe you would have felt frustrated, like Peter. Answer for yourself how would you have felt in this story, in that setting, if Jesus came with these three lines of questions over and over? You see, as we think about this story, it's, it's a story that connects back to another part of the story. And I've kind of already mentioned a little bit about this. But when we read the scriptures, there's a part in John 18, and I want to share that with you this morning. Uh, this, is the part before, uh, before, this is the part before the story that we're at, obviously. Uh, but this is before the resurrection. This is when Jesus has just been arrested. It's after the Last Supper. Um, And so the disciples had finished the meal. They'd gone out to the garden, and Jesus had been arrested. So uh, beginning in chapter 18 of John, verse 15, it says, Simon Peter, Simon Peter is, is Peter, and another disciple followed Jesus. Because this other disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus to the high priest's courtyard. However, Peter stood outside near the gate. The other disciple, the one known to the high priest, came out and spoke to the woman stationed at the gate, and she brought Peter in. So now Peter's been welcomed into the courtyard of the high priest. Inside the home of the high priest is where Jesus was being held and questioned. The servant woman stationed at the gate asked Peter, Aren't you one of this man's disciples? I am not, he said. The servants and the guards had made a fire because it was cold. Remember that. They were standing around it, warming themselves. Peter joined them there, standing by the fire, warming himself. Meanwhile, uh, the chief priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. So that's taking place inside. I'll skip ahead to verse 25, where we go back outside. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing with the guards, warming himself, and they asked, second time, Are you one of his disciples? Peter denied it, saying, I'm not a servant of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off. Pause here. You remember that when Jesus was arrested in the garden, that uh, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off the ear of one of the people who came with him. And so this is a relative of them. Now, if anyone is going to recognize Peter, it's going to be family of the person whose ear he cut off. right? So they know who he is. They're trying to get him to say it. Here's what Peter says. Or they say, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Peter denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Now, other gospels tell us that at this point, Peter runs off heartbroken and sad because he knows that, as Jesus said earlier, that he would deny him. Uh, and Peter was absolute that he wouldn't, but he did. And so, if you've seen the correlation, and I hope you picked up on this, This first instance of of Peter denying Jesus three times takes place around a fire. And when Jesus meets Peter again, Peter runs to the shore. And this time, I don't know if Peter catches it right away or not, but Jesus has invited him around a fire. And it's a reminder to him that what was done will be forgiven, will be forgiven. So he asks him these three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And I don't know if Peter connected in that moment not or later, but each one has been seen throughout the history of the church that each one of these marks off and forgives the denials of Peter. Because this is who God is. God doesn't hold a grudge. God doesn't shame. God doesn't desire to make us feel guilt and feel under the burden and the pressure. God desires us to live forgiven and free, and living forgiven and free to help others to live that way too. And so he asks him these three questions, and I want to give you a chance to think about this question too. He says, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Those are the three phrases. What do you think that Jesus was saying to Peter? (laughs) <laughs> do you think he was telling him you'd make a better shepherd at this point than a fisherman? Uh, do you think he was trying to tell him that your job is to care for my followers? Was he trying to say to improve that you love me? Do You think he was trying to say, "I'm still counting on you?" You think Jesus is the kind of person who's trying to tell Peter, "Don't blow it again? You think he was trying to say to him, "Lay down your life for people like I did? Maybe with those who are who are with you this morning, gathered with you, share with them just briefly, quickly this morning, what you think Jesus was trying to say. What was the message he was trying to communicate with each one of them? I think there are several answers that are quote right here. I I certainly think that he was telling them that his job is going to be to care for others. His job is going to be to offer forgiveness as he was forgiven. I think Jesus wanted him to know, I'm still counting on you, Peter. I've still got plans for you and a purpose for you in your life. And I think he wanted Peter to lay down his life for others. I think that's what it means to be a follower of the gospel as we lay down our life for others. Jesus is letting him know that even though he messed up, that there is forgiveness, that he still loves him deeply and that there's nothing he can do to ever be outside of God's love. I've always felt like the Bible is the intersection of of our life and the life of God. And the Bible can seem like stories that are far away and are separate from our life and our reality. But the truth is, is while the setting changes and while the, the culture shifts, these are our stories. And these are the things that we live through and experience. And the more we can see ourselves in the characters, the more we can realize that God is truly with us. I I really resonate with that idea, and and I heard it differently now than I ever have before, that, that Jesus doesn't keep a safe distance. And what a good word for this season, when we need to keep safe distances, but we serve a God who doesn't have to. And so while we can't be together, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit who's able to be with us. As we think about this question, about this, uh, this, this story and how this encounters and shapes our lives and the stories that we have in our lives that we desire God to write over, I'd like to offer you another question to reflect on this morning. What would cause you to want to return to God? Or what has caused you to return to God as Peter did? Was it the healing from a hurt? Maybe the influence of Christian friends or family? Maybe it was setting down and taking time to pray or getting into reading scripture. Maybe it was a desire for yourself or to help your family go to church. Maybe it was simply a mysterious yearning in your heart that you can't explain and you can't put your finger on, but you felt a draw and a pull towards God or even towards something or towards light. Or was it something else? I'd love for you to share with those who are there with you uh, or with yourself this morning, just what is the thing or or the person or the place that that has pulled you back to God, whether it's now and you're on that journey or you can think back to a place in time. I think we'll understand Peter when we do that. The the question that I want to leave us with this morning is this one here, and it's uh, this. If Jesus said to you, said to you, take care of my sheep, what would it mean? That's a powerful question for us because what we're doing is we're understanding that what's happening here is that Jesus is not just speaking these words to Peter in this time. He is, but he speaks them across the generations and the divide to us. And maybe it's one that says, it's time to pick yourself up and get going with the mission. Maybe it's, I need you to carry on my work. Maybe it's an invitation to take our eyes off of ourself. Maybe it's to do something about someone else's needs. Or it's to use the gifts that God has given to you in service of others. Don't move on too quick from this question, and, and I encourage you to share it out loud. And actually, this may be a great one if you are comfortable enough to post that in the comments, which... What do you hear Jesus saying to you when he says, take care of my sheep? Take care of my sheep. I'd love to know what that looks like or maybe how you interpret that and live that out in your life. Because just like Peter, God isn't done with us just because we mess up. (laughs) And thank God for that, right? Thank God for the reality that just because we get it wrong, God doesn't give up. God is taking the stories of our lives and God is writing his story right into the fabric of our lives. And maybe you never believed that God wanted to do anything with you or, or wanted anything to do with you. Maybe the idea that God has a purpose and a plan for your life is a foreign concept. Or maybe you look around at the world as it is and you realize that this is not what God intended for the world. That there is injustice and that there are places in this life and in this world that we know are broken. And and you just feel a heart and a passion to do something about that. That is God's Spirit at work in you. And walking around unforgiven or feeling like we've upset God or like we've messed something up is the surest way to shrink back from all that God has called us to do. So this morning, perhaps the most important thing that we need to know in order to move forward with what God has called you to do and me to do is to know that in Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Don't let those words pass you over too quick. That in Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. If this was a Communion Sunday you would repeat those words back as a way of saying it to yourself because it's one thing to hear it, it's another to say it. So I'd love you at home just to to repeat those words with me. You are forgiven. I am forgiven by Jesus. New life begins when we can accept that for ourselves. And so I thank you for those who who have shared in the comments a, a yearning in your heart for God never to let go. Uh, to to take our eyes off ourselves and to use the gifts that God has given to us. God gives each one of us a gift and a call. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.